awesome video, and you've got an incredible band. You know that, right? Can we put our hands together for that band? It is awesome. That video and some things that was said there, it says this, that which is considered lost, abandoned, or broken, in my hands, it can have unrecognizable and astounding new life. That which things and people would say is broken and maybe abandoned, but in my hands, I can take that and give it abounding new life. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Would you pray with me as we begin? God, as we start this out, as we talk about the good news and what this looks like in our life, I pray, Lord, that you get a hold of us tonight. May we be in awe of who you are and be reminded of what you've done. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, let's bring up house lights again. We don't have to bring up so high, but before we get into it, I, I just, again, Corey, uh, they, they asked the, you know, things that happened, what'd you guys do today? But I'd be curious, what happened that was good? What was, what was fun today? Or even the, we could take it a step back, something cool that's happened that you kind of want to, you want to celebrate, maybe over the last week. Anybody, you know, any cool achievements or just cool things that have happened in your life that you want to just kind of talk about? It could be today, it could be yesterday, and it could be something about your friend, whatever it is. You can just sit, you, I'll come down here to make it not as scary, all right? So here we go, spit it out. If there's good things that have happened, let's hear about it. College acceptance, yes! That's awesome! How pumped are you? Pretty pumped, we're pumped too, awesome, give me something else. What? What? You bought a car. Yes. All right. Wait. Tell me about the car. Go. All right. How long have you been saving for it? You ready for this thing? Awesome, man. Stay off the roads. Here we go. What else? What else? I'm kidding. Worshiping with friends. Yep. What do we got? Crashing on the tubes. Okay. I said good news, but that'll work too. All right. Yes. Building friendships. I like it. What else? What else? Yes. You got an A on your math quiz. That is, hey, listen, I got a kid, my boy. I got a girl as well, but my, my boy is really good at math. My girl struggles with math, and you know, they both spell, struggle with spelling. When they come back and celebrate, when they actually you know, get an A, or what, it's, it's huge. It's huge in our house, so good job, man. That's awesome. All right, so listen, uh, anybody else? I want to, Yes. You're here, yes, and that is good. Why is that good? Why is that good to be here? Yes, it's good. All right, good. Here's the thing, right? I hope, man, I could leave that thing open. I hope I could leave that open. We could all just think about good things in our life. I mean, you've been waiting for a car for I don't know how long. My son, who's 12, turning 13, Still in a few months, he's like, Dad, I'm going to be driving soon. I'm like, yeah, in a while, right? But he's already thinking about saving money up to get a car. We, got, we could celebrate these things of getting to college, that we're here at camp. We could talk about these things, and I hope we do. I hope it's something that kind of comes natural. Why? Because it's good things in our life. And the reality is, is I hope that we are surrounded by people that we can't wait to share Good things that happened. 
Tonight we're talking about the gospel, and I set it up this morning on what that is. In fact, Ephesians says this, right? Ephesians 4, 21 says this. As we were talking about that old life and new life, it says this. Those that, we're not walking like people that don't know God, because you know about God, unless, here's what it says, assuming that you have heard about him and you were taught in his truth. I was assuming that today, this morning, as I was talking to the Christ followers. However, I know there's people in this room, you have yet to put your hope and faith in Christ for whatever reason. And I tell you this, this morning as well as tonight, I'm not here to trick you into a relationship with the Lord. That's not how it works. Take a drink of this water. Congratulations, you're a Christian. It doesn't work that way. We're going to talk about why and the implications of all that. And my hope is that you're just simply open to hearing maybe questions that you honestly have struggled with. Because we're going to talk about the good news. And I have a microphone, so you got to listen to me. Unless you sleep, then I can't do anything about it. But I'm telling you, this is the most important news you will ever hear. Ever. The bold statement that I'm a bold guy. Christians in the room. Is this the time for you to check out? Oh, I hope not. It's not because I don't want to look out there and see you sleeping. If you want to sleep, go. I'm not going to say stop you. But if you're a Christian in the room, a message like this isn't something you hear one time, you say a prayer, and then it doesn't really matter. Friends, we're talking about the gospel, the good news that has transformed your life. It isn't just okay news. This is Christ's followers is the news that should just spark joy every time we hear it. And if you're in the room and you're like, oh, I've heard the gospel, I don't need to hear it again. Do you hear what just came out of your mind or your mouth? What maybe you're thinking, oh, I heard this message, I don't need to hear it anymore. It's the best news. As well as you're called as Christ followers to share your faith and hope that you have. Here's the question, Christian, in the room. You don't have to answer it out loud. Think about it. Do you know how to share your faith? Do you know what Bible verses to take people to? Tonight we will. We're going to walk through it. So maybe instead of falling asleep, oh, I've heard this message, man. You start thinking about God. Man, I want to just come to life. I want to come alive when I hear this news because it literally brought me from death to life. And I want to take some notes because I can't wait to share this good news with anyone and everyone. So let's get after it. And it starts like this, and we talked about it yesterday. In the beginning, God, and it starts with him. And we have to understand that, friends, because life isn't about us. It's about him. And a lot of times, our life gets upside down, and, and some of you might be feeling that. You see the unrest in the world and everything that's happening. You're like, how did it get like this? This can't be how it was meant to be. What's well, always going to unravel when we put something ahead of God? And the reality is that we talked about it yesterday, that in the beginning, God, not in the beginning, you or me or anyone else, it's him. And when we keep him focused, everything starts to make sense. But it doesn't just stop there. It says he created. Now, look, I got a silly little illustration, but you're high schoolers and you don't need silly illustrations. But I can use it or I don't have to. Would you like to see the silly illustration? You asked for it. It is ridiculous, right? But to me, it helps me think through this. So, you're welcome, all right? Here we go. Here it is, right? In the beginning, I write like a four-year-old. Don't judge me. 
In the beginning, God. Just relax. I told you, you chose this, right? So it starts with him, and life is all about him. And as long as we know that, this is good because it's about him. Now, here's the thing, right? He creates. What's he create? Everything around us. And we see that. Romans chapter 1 says that. That his invisible qualities, his power, his eternal nature is seen in his creation. In fact, Romans 1 says that no one has an excuse. You could walk outside and see these stars that are, that are blinking, and it's just God, they're crying out, someone created me. And you don't believe that? Imagine how silly this would be. We walk into camp. We've never been here before. We walk into camp. We see these trees. We see this building. You know what we wouldn't say if we saw this building? If we just walked by this building, here's not what we would say. We wouldn't say this. Man, it's crazy over time how this, all this stuff came together, man, the brick happened and 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 look how this this beam over time got created and you know just with enough stuff and time it it stretched out across and man these little hand these nails were perfectly in and weird a saw on there and this thing happened and put recrafted as well as these lights with the electricity all ran through and the outside is beautiful we wouldn't say it just happened what would we say there's an architect because this building screams someone created me and that's what Romans 1 says, that no one has an excuse. We could look outside and go, whoa. He screams, creator, creator, look up. So in the beginning, God, he created everything around us, and he created, here's where it gets good. Everyone, drum roll, please. He created us, da-da-da, right? If you can't see it in the back, it says us on the bottom, right? But here's the thing. Here's what I love about this. Here's what I think I need to see sometimes. Is God, if, if God is who he says he is in the Bible, he says, I'm compassionate, I'm slow to anger. He says, God is love, he is hope, he is peace, he is good. He's everything that you truly desire, whether you think it or not. He is everything that we need. He is satisfaction. In fact, John says, Jesus says, in me is life and I want to give it to you abundantly. That he is life. And here's what's awesome, is he creates us. Look. To enjoy him. He gives us a lifeline to him. To enjoy him. He says, look, I am everything you need. And I won't be a distant God. I'm going to create you on purpose, for a purpose, to walk with me. And we see that in Genesis 3. The first page of the Bible, right? In the beginning, it's about God and he creates. In chapter 3 of Genesis, he walks with his creation. And we get to enjoy him. He walked with his creation in the cool of the garden. And they get to fully enjoy him, and, and he fully enjoys us, Father, Son, Spirit, who didn't need anything. He creates us to, to enjoy him and to make him famous and, and to give him glory, to honor him and be in just awe of him. How awesome he is. And that's that. And all was awesome until... Humanity, Adam and Eve, wanted something more. God says, look, you've got me. You've got everything that you truly need. you got it all. And they say, good, but we want something else. And he says, you don't want something else. And he said, well, we do. He said, don't, you don't want something else. And in the garden, he, he says, don't do this. And they say, well, we're going we're gonna to actually believe the lie that's still kind of going that, you know, I can't believe and trust in you, so I'm going to believe and trust in me. And they disobey God. And in that moment, sin enters into humanity. Now, what is sin? 
it could be defined just simply as this. Sin is going against God, his, his, his law, what he says. It's going against God's law or what he says in our thoughts, in our words, our deeds, or our attitudes, any of that. Just going against him, saying, God, I know better than you, even one time, like that's sin. Now, here's the thing. We sit in this room, Christian or no, no Christian. I mean, you have to think, all right, if there is a God, obviously I've sinned against him, right? I can't imagine there's people in the room being like, no, I haven't sinned against him. In fact, Romans chapter 3, you didn't bring your Bibles. You could use mine. It says this. Romans 3, 23 says this. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. So we all know that, look, if God is holy and he says, love me more than anything else, always. Well, you're like, well, I can't. And he's like, right. Right. We have sin. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we don't. We have sin. And so this shouldn't shock really any of us that we sin against God. I can't imagine anyone's like, well, no, I don't. And if so, we could have a conversation afterwards. But the, the reality is, is we, we know that to be true. Okay. But so what? big God he could get over, right? So I lied once, so, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's here's where it gets an issue. And that's with Adam and Eve in the garden when they choose something other than God even once, and sin enters into humanity. That unfortunately, we don't even have a choice. We just are born into sin. Well, that's all right, because we wouldn't blame Adam and Eve because we do it every day. We sin every day, so you can't just blame them. But who cares, right? What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. Romans 6, 23 says this. It says this. The wages of sin is death. The wages and earning. Uh, you work to get your car, yeah? You work to get your car, I'd imagine, right? Uh, where do you work? All sorts of different places, right? Let's say mowing the lawn, right? Uh, you're coming to my house. You're mowing the lawn. After two weeks of mowing the lawn, I give you money. You're not going to be like, yes, thank you so much, man. That's the best. I am so thankful. I didn't even know. I didn't even know you were going to give me money. I'd be like, you're crazy. That's your wage, right? It's your earning. Your earning is this money because you did a job. Here's the problem. You're earning your sin, your wage of that. The earning of sin is death. And we're like, well, no big deal. I'm supposed to die? Yeah, we all die. It's not a big deal. We get that. And here's the problem. It's, it's not just a physical death that all will die one day. That makes sense. Here's the scary reality. If God is who he is and he's perfect and he's holy and he's everything we truly want and desire, whether you know it or not, he is good, he is holy, he is love, he is hope. In one sin cuts us off death from this it is such a reality that we don't understand the implications of being cut off from our life source that the wages of sin is death physical and also spiritual separation from him who is everything that we truly want but it's okay because we could come to camp and we could, we could read our Bible, and we could walk old ladies across the street. And as we do that, it restores this. It doesn't. Um, but we can, we can say, you know, we're really good, and, you know, again, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll show up at church. Maybe we'll even play in the worship band, because if we play in the worship band, you know, it restores this, and it doesn't. Why? 
Because the wages of sin isn't singing and worshiping. The wages of sin isn't you, you have to go to church in order to fix it. The wages of sin is death. And unfortunately, you can't pay it and I can't pay it. Why? Because if you die physically, apart from him spiritually, you stay that way for eternity. You die physically, apart from him spiritually, you're not connected to him, then you'll stay that way for eternity. That's hell. That's what we talk about. And you're like, oh, we can't talk about hell, but that's what it is. It's a, he's not, if, if God is love and hope and peace, and we, not want no, we won't want none of him, that is absence of that, that's hell. And it's separation from him. And the consequences of sin is death, a separation from everything that is good. There's nothing you can do about it. And what's unbelievable is, is if this wasn't enough, look at us. Look how broken we are. Something that was once good, God looks at us, creates man and woman, says this is very, very good. One of the first things that come from sin, and you can read about in chapter 3, is guilt, is shame, and accusations against one another. And I wonder how many of us are feeling the effects of sin from somebody else. And you're saying, it's not fair. And God says, I know. And it wasn't intended that way. That's why I take sin very seriously. Because of the consequences of sin. And there's nothing you or I could do about it. And that's it. Pretty good news, right? There's a God who is everything that we truly desire and want and who just genuinely loves us and has compassion on us. Yet our sin has separated us from him, cut us off from our life source. And there's nothing that we can do to get back. We can't earn it. We can't. We don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do. And I keep saying it because we need to understand there is not one thing you can do. How can you be good enough when you've already sinned? can't work it back. We need to recognize he is who he is. We need to understand our, our sin has separated us from him. And we have to understand that the only way back to him is us saying, help. We need help. I need to substitute something to go in my place because I can't connect this life source and I need help. And that's where the beauty of the good news, the gospel comes in. Romans 5, 5, 8 says this. God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Again, the verse right before, right? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. A wage is an earning. A gift is something we don't really deserve. see Jesus being fully God, fully man. He comes down not just to die on the cross. He comes down to actually show us what, what it looks like to actually be obedient to the Father. He loves people genuinely. He, he reaches out and, and, and heals. He, 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 he sees people's needs. He doesn't pass them by. He shows what obedience looks like in the midst of temptations. He has friendships. He, he, has, he has family. It's just a beautiful thing that 
that in that, this perfect sacrifice comes on this earth. Something that I don't deserve or, or even understand why he did. But God, fully God, comes down and lives a perfect life. And it's got to be perfect because if he sins, then he can't pay the sacrifice for me. I need a replacement that's perfect. And I'm not perfect, neither are you. Jesus comes down and is perfect. And he goes to the cross. And he dies in our place. And what's so awesome about this is being fully man could take the penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Death. Separation from him. He can, he can handle that because he's, he's human. But he, I, he, how, how else can he do it, right? The fact that he's eternal can pay for all of our sins. Not, not just my sin today. It's all time sin as well as your sin and everything, all the people before, all the people that will be after us. Why? Because he's eternal. And that's so important to understand. Did we get to a verse like Ephesians chapter 2? And it says this. I want you to kind of read it here with me in a second. It says this in the beginning of it. It says, look, we were dead in our trespasses and sin in what we once walked. We were dead in it. But then it says something so beautiful. It says this. Can you read it with me? It says this. But God, read it out loud, being rich in mercy because, read it out loud, We were dead in our trespasses and sin, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, made us alive together with Christ. It's by grace that we are saved, not by works that someone can boast. You can't fix it. So he did. It says, Jesus says, I'm the only way, the truth, and life. Only way back to the Father is through me. Look at this. We were dead and broken, yet he makes us alive. And the only way back to the Father is through him. It's not what we're trying to say, oh, there's always, all roads lead to heaven. How can that be when he's the only way? You can't do enough to get to heaven. Jesus is it. Otherwise, why did he go to the cross? The consequences of sin is death. He paid for it. He says, paid in full as he gets nailed to the cross, dies in your place and my place. He says, Penalty is paid in full. He doesn't stay in the grave. Three days he's in the grave. On the third day it says that he rises from the dead. By rising from the dead it shows that he has power to make dead things live. And why is that important, friends? Because apart from him we're dead things. We're broken, dead things. Yet he has the power to make dead things live. And he shows us by raising from the dead that he is who he says he is, fully God. And that he could do what he says he could do, restore us to life. That when we're sitting there in the judgment of this, the judgment seat of God, whether you believe this to be true or not, it will happen. When we die here physically, we will be uh, standing before the, uh, the Father, and he's going to say, what did you do with me or my son? You're standing in front of him, and you're not going to be standing because he's so holy, and we'll get a better view of him. He's going to say, okay, here we go, I'm looking at you. 
guilty. I'm looking at you, guilty. And he comes to me and he says, oh, wait, who's in front of you, Jesus? Not guilty. Why? Because he looks down and he doesn't see a broken relationship. All he sees is us in the shadow of the cross. And how important is that? That we stay in the shadow of the cross saying, look, I recognize you for who you are. I understand that I am broken and I am a sinner. I've, I've wrecked that relationship. I know I broke it, but you fixed it. I need help. And he says, then you got it because I already paid the price. So what is it then? What do we do? He's done it all, the heavy lifting. It says this in Romans 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's, it's, it's so crazy that it's, it takes this idea of confessing that Jesus is Lord and then believing right. Because it's hard to really do. I mean, you can confess that he's Lord, but belief? Belief is a different thing. It's not just saying things about Jesus. It's truly believing on him for hope and salvation. It's understanding that, that right view of God. Understand, God, you are who you are. I'm me. I need you. I recognize you for who you are. I confess that you are who you are and you did what you did. Confess and you believe and you'll be saved. Relationship restored. 2 Corinthians 5 says this. For the love of Christ controls us, or another, another translation, it compels us. I can't help but do anything but do this, right? The love of Christ controls me. I've died, or I've concluded this. One died, Jesus, for all. Therefore, all us have died. And Jesus died for all that those who live, us, might no longer live for ourselves, but for him. For who their sake died and was raised. You see, Jesus doesn't just go to the cross and die. He was raised on the third day. And then he walks around, he sees some people, and then he ascends to the Father. And he sits down the right hand of the Father. And he's saying this over and over. Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. They're not guilty. And it's what's crazy is that Jesus on the cross takes what he doesn't have, sin, and he gives us what we don't, uh, the, what we don't deserve, his righteousness. And now, as Christ followers, again, as we talk about this idea of recrafted, we've been changed. This old life is no more. We constantly say, Lord, change my heart and spirit, but we walk in this newness of life, a life that is lived for him. Why? Because the relationship, you guys, it's been restored. And that's it. That's the good news. And those in the room, I guess I would just have to ask, what stops you from putting your hope and faith in Jesus? What stops you? And in a moment, I'll give you an opportunity to say, nothing stops me. I need Jesus. And then we'll talk to Christians in the room here in a minute, and then we'll wrap it up here with a song. So here's what I want to do. Why don't we just kind of, 
but things may be out of our hands. And just kind of maybe just close your eyes. You don't have to bow your head. I close your eyes not, not to pray. We're not, we're not praying here. I just want you to get alone in your thoughts. There's 300 of us or whatever it is in here, right? There's a lot of movement around. And I just want you to just do some soul searching just for a few moments here. Again, not trying to manipulate, not trying to, to trick. What do you do with Jesus? As we stand before the judgment seat of, of the Lord, one day we all will. He's going to say, what did you do with my son? You say I wanted nothing to do with you or your son. He says, then I will grant you that not only uh, you know, in life, but I will grant you that forever in eternity. You will have none of me or my son. Or the opposite is true, right? What did you do with me and in, in my son? You say, I wanted everything to do with you and your son. He's like, great. I granted that to you in life, but I also give that to you now for eternity and joy. We will stand in judgment. Will you stand without Jesus? Guilty as charged. You have that right and ability if you want. Because what more could he do to show you his love? Die, he already did. Do you stand in the shadow of the cross saying, Lord, I confess that you are Lord, and I believe you were raised from the dead. So, as your eyes are closed, as you're doing some soul searching, here's what I'm going to invite you to do in a moment. If you've never put your hope and faith in Jesus, but tonight you're like, I need to do that for the first time. In a moment, I'm going to have you just look up, you know. Have you look up, you can look around, maybe find your counselor. If they're not looking at you, maybe just give them a little wave. You can look at me. I just want you to connect uh, your eyes with someone. Again, if that's you, maybe and you're out there and you're like, I need, I've never put my hope and faith in Jesus, but tonight I know I need to do that for the first time. I'm going to invite you to look up, look around, find, find your counselor. Give them a little wave saying, that's me. I, I need, I need that. Go ahead, connect. You don't have to drop your head. There's nothing to be ashamed of or embarrassed about. Just make sure you're making eye contact again with me or uh, a counselor, right? Make sure you're, you're seeing them. Put your head back down. Now look. Uh, th those that maybe say, look, I need Jesus for the first time. Um, that's awesome. And you need Jesus. And I'm not going to lead you through a prayer. In fact, in a moment, the band's going to play a song. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to hear uh, from Hume. They're going to dismiss us here in a little bit to give us some direction. And those that want to make a decision for Jesus, I'm gonna, we're going to have you stay back and talk with the counselor. And that might be scary, but just you, you have questions. you got to have questions. And let's talk about that and get those questions answered. But I'm going to ask you to do something bold for a second. And I'll, maybe all eyes are up now. That's okay. That's all right. All eyes are on me now. There are people in this room that have been praying for those that maybe just said, I need Jesus. They've been praying for you. People back at home have been praying for you, which is mind-blowing. If you say, man, I needed Jesus for the first time today, I'm going to invite you in a moment to stand up. You don't have to because, again, standing up doesn't save you. Looking at your counselor doesn't save you. Confessing in belief, that saves you. But there's people here that want to celebrate you. 
So I'm going to ask you on, on the count of three, if you, for the first time, put your hope and faith in Jesus, and, and you boldly want to say, that was me, knowing you're going to be surrounded by mostly Christians in the room. Who cares if there's any weird judgment of the friends next to you? That's not, those that are Christ, they want to celebrate with you. So if that's you, it's scary, I know. On the count of three, you've never put your hope and faith in Jesus, but tonight you say, me, I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand up on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. You never put your hope and faith in Jesus, but tonight you say, I did. Why don't you stand up? Why don't you stand up? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Anybody else out there? I don't want to stop. Anybody else? It's scary, I know. All right. No more clapping. You stand up. There it is. There it is. All right. So here we go. Here we go. Good. All right. Listen. Here we go. No more clapping. You stay standing. Listen. Uh, that was kind of a weak clap, right? Because, listen, here's the thing. I, I've been in wreck. I, I know wreck. I know, I know uh, stuff that happens. We could get really loud, and we're going to literally blow the roof off in a second. Because here's why. Friends that are standing, maybe those that didn't stand up, but you know you need Jesus. So maybe even tonight you said, I still need him. I'm just, I'm an introvert. I don't like to stand up. That's okay, right? I get it. In a moment, I want you to hear the deafening roar of people in the family of God that care about you. Because life isn't easy or perfect as you make a decision for Jesus. But you are promised that he goes with you. That he's going before you and he's walking with you. And I want you to understand there's a family of Christ followers that want to be there and encourage you. So in a moment, we're going to go ahead and scream. If you're around them and you know, you know them, feel free to give them a little bear hug. That's fine or not, whatever you want to do there, right? But I want us to make some noise, and I'm going to have you sit down. I'm going to say one last thing, and we're going to pray, right? All right, we're going to get into this. So on the count of three, let's make some noise. Ready? One, two, three, eight, Thank you. All right. Here we go. Friends, here we go. It, have a seat, have a seat. Thank you. Keep hugging. And it's going to be awesome because, listen, Jesus is doing some things in here, and it's awesome. Again, if you didn't stand, it doesn't mean that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that, you know, uh, people, people just want to come alongside you and encourage you because you can't walk this thing alone. It's too hard. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Christians. And then we're going to sing now. Get out of here. Ephesians says, live a life worthy of the calling you've received, Christian. As we have a beautiful picture of the gospel, who God is, everything that we truly desire and want, and that we have been restored because of the cross, are you living as if this relationship has been restored, or are you living a life as if this relationship has been broken? Those in Christ Jesus you can't break this relationship. You can't undo what Jesus did. Your sin isn't powerful enough to break the cross. It's just not. So quit living as if it's broken. Enjoy the freedom of who Jesus is in your life. But start showing that with the understanding that why am I going away from him? That I should literally repent, turn the other way, and look back to the relationship that's been restored. We come to camp and we think, oh, I need to rededicate. I need to rededicate. You got on the bus maybe thinking, I can't wait to come to camp to rededicate. Where is rededicate in the Bible? 
You know what's in the Bible? Repent. Repent. Literally, go the other way. I'm going one way. I stop, recognize Jesus for who he is. I turn, and I go to the cross. So tonight, we're going to sing a song that just talks about how God loves us. Christians in the room now. Maybe you don't sing it. Maybe you just be overwhelmed with his goodness and his love. And because of his own power and mercy, he gave us freedom in him to enjoy him. Enjoy him. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you need to put your faith and hope in him, it's not too late. We're not promised tomorrow, I beg you. To ask a question. Let me pray for us and we'll sing here. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for being a God that restores us when I don't know why you did. But I'm so thankful that you did. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Something I didn't earn. I don't feel like I deserve. But you're so good and your love and your faithfulness shines through. Thank you for being a God that I can put my hope in my desires in because you are fully satisfying. May we be reminded of that tonight.